Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pentecostal Youth Podcast, a podcast made for youth by youth. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of being with uh, Daniel. Hello. Tom. How are you guys doing today? And Darren. The one and only at your service. Uh, our topic today is going to be faith in youth, so let's get into it. Who would like to start? I think I can go first. Um, we were talking about faith. Um, a lot of mine was forged in a weird time. My family left the church that I've been in since I was born. We went to probably the driest church you could ever go to. Uh, we were in, It was literally my family and occasionally the pastor's family who were there. There for a while, my dad was the only person filling the pulpit on a regular basis. And yeah, it was fun. Um, as far as faith, that was basically all he taught about during that period. It got annoying, trust me. But... Um, as we move forward, um, it did eventually sink in why he was teaching about faith. Not only was it to help me, I was like 13 at the time. I was mad at the situation, whatever. But it also helped me, uh, realize what faith was. My dad had recently been laid off. He'd been uh, trying to go get into college to become a CNA, and it was it was rough. But I think the reason that he kept on preaching on faith so much was partially to self-medicate, to talk to himself. Um, a lot of it was based on what he was going through. He couldn't really see much of a way out there for like three weeks. And even while he was doing the school, have fun seeing him when he's doing that. Um, but it helped me realize that um, it's something that I need to hold on to. And it actually came in very helpful along the line. Um, a few years later, my littlest sister was born early, and she spent about a month in the NICU. She was on oxygen. She couldn't really do a whole lot, and we were going back and forth. as a 30-minute drive one way to get there, and we were active in our current church now. This was several years later, but... I got asked by the pastor's son, why are you so chill? I hadn't even thought about this. But he asked, why are you so chill with all that's going on? And I was only able to look back at what my dad had taught about faith and how that is something that whenever nothing else looks right, that's what you need to be able to hold on to. 
And that's what has got me to the point where I am to where Corona didn't really phase me. I just moved on, dealt with it. But, uh, it, I will admit it was a scary time, but it, whenever you got faith, you also get peace that comes with putting your faith in God and you are able to deal with stuff a lot better than you would normally. Mm. Mm-hmm. As as I went on, um, I was help. There was this one time I was helping a minister pack up their equipment. Is a children's minister. They had a full set. They were ready to get gone. They had another engagement to get to. I was helping pack it up, carrying a tote, and I fell. Broke my right foot a little bit above the ankle. It was about 90 degrees to the rest of my leg. I knew it was broken. And I sat there and asked God why. But right as I was asking God why... I was able to find that peace because God was who I turned to first whenever I was wanting answers. So I still had faith even whenever I was questioning him. But the that minister that was there, she got down and she was like, it's okay. God has something here. Let's just pray. Within 10 minutes or so, I was able to move it, move that foot normally. Wow. It was still very sore. And I had like three days worth of um, walking with it in a brace. But I was able to, with support from my parents, walk out of there and head to the hospital to get it checked out. Paramedics had been called, but they did not need to do anything. And as I got in there, I was still kind of shell-shocked. I was still kind of mad that it happened. But I was able to move it and realize that God had something there. It wasn't just that I was able to trust in him when something goes wrong, but whenever you're able to turn to him and have faith in him whenever everything goes wrong, Mm. even in a small moment, that's whenever um that's whenever you're able to see God do things. And that's about all I got, but yeah. That's a that's an awesome testimony of yeah, that's great. <clears throat> excuse me, of like having faith in God and always turning to him. And I and I like what you said, like even when you when you were in extreme pain, even though you were questioning God's motives that wasn't a lack of faith rather it was a direct expression of your faith because you were looking to god for an answer you were saying i have faith that you'll answer me i have faith that you're going to take care of me and that's why i'm asking you know most people would be like mad like come on god why why my leg but instead of that i mean i'm assuming you probably were emotional about it but Yes, I was, I was in tears. I was, I mean, it was, 
I'd never broken a bone that bad before. And so it was a pain that I had not experienced. Yeah. But at the same time, I was, through all that, I was able to look to God and say, okay, what's your plan? Not, not that calmly, not that. Yeah. <laughs> but I was able to say, what is going on? Instead of just being outright mad yeah. that this even happened. Because um, when you look at when Jesus was tempted, um, Satan said, hey, God will protect you. Jump off this tower. But at the same time, even Jesus knew that I should have a little bit of common sense about stuff. Yeah. Instead of just throwing myself around. But at the same yeah. time, God was like, I know that God can protect slash heal me. But at the same time, tempting God is something that I'm not going to do. Yeah. Because that's. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I I think I'm going to take it on another perspective here. I, I don't have a testimony to match that, Brother Daniel. But um you know, I, I will say as well, you know, I've suffered with mental illness and just having that faith in God and those those rough moments. But I, I want to more focus, at least with uh, what I'm about to say, about how hard it is to be a youth uh, in today's modern day and age and to be a Christian, mm. you know. Yes, um, that is tough. As somebody who graduated two years ago, the culture is whack. Yeah, I mean, my fiance, uh, Connie, she was uh, the only one in her entire family who was apostolic since she's been 11 years old, you know? So, uh, you know, I have, it's impressive that she's still in the faith and her faith is as strong, you know, mm -hmm. especially because we are in a world totally different than I feel like a lot of ministers grew up in, you know? Yes. Back 20, 30 years ago, I heard a apologist put it this way back 20 or 30 years ago. You could tell somebody, hey, it's in the Bible. And they're like, oh, well, if it's in the Bible, that's what we should believe. You know, but nowadays people, if you tell them, oh, it's in the Bible, people will be like, oh, I don't care. You know, people are now requiring proof to everything. People are not willing to have that faith anymore. And I, I feel like it can be rough being a youth, especially in school and in those uh, secular contexts, trying to just keep that faith, you know. And I definitely think that, you know, um, the Bible is, you know, it says Romans ten seventeen, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, you know, knowing who Christ is, knowing his word and what he said, reading the word of God in general will bolster faith but you know i think it's really impressive the youths nowadays who are keeping the faith because it's definitely not easy and it's only getting harder as school systems and education systems are more and more secular secularizing and focusing i would say on other religions and christianity and being christian is almost considered a bad thing while being any other faith or atheistic is considered like a good thing you know uh -huh. um, maybe you could speak more on that brother waddles i know you have more experience with the education system than us but well um uh, on that i mean i i like it how um 
how this is going, how this is already flowing with what Daniel's saying and what you said, because um, looking down at, you know, just ideas of what I wanted to discuss tonight. I mean, this is just perfect that with development for all individuals, um, you know, it starts in our infancy um, right. that when, when we develop um, that we encounter crisis and it's based on these crises that we, uh, we grow as individuals and depending on how we react or how others react at the time, because we are creatures of habit and we like to mirror, especially in our younger years, we love to mirror how uh, our peers, how our family does things. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, Tom, you mentioned um, cultural uh, and social uh, happenings, uh, you know, going into the school system. I mean, I, I feel, I feel for uh, those of uh, apostolic faith that walk into a public school today. Because, you know, I'm, uh, I may be older than uh, you three, but the thing is, you know, I'm not, I'm not an elder. And I graduated not even 10 years ago from high school. And it is phenomenal to see how things have drastically changed in the time period that they have. I mean, it's sickening to see how our culture has degraded in such a way. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe because I don't know how far into uh how deep we can go into this um but just to see how things have altered and how things are now acceptable that otherwise previously were not um whether it be identification or um uh, whether it be certain lifestyles that are now acceptable and it's flaunted it's not it's not something you hide anymore. It's something that is in your face. And it's, it's living in this culture. How, how do we move forward? Now, uh, the topic with faith, though, um, I find it interesting because the, the generation that we have now, or at least the, uh, this generation that is, uh, that is in control, okay? Uh, you know, to be uh, uh, vague about it. Uh, this generation is living in a system of uh, show me now. They, they want proof of everything, as Tom uh, eloquently uh, pointed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this, it, it more specifically, Statistics show that millennials and Gen Z, these generations, they want proof of everything because millennials and Gen Zers, because they grew up with parents who were from Gen X and prior, Mm -hmm. and 
we, and I, I'm speaking in general, I'm not saying that we in the podcast or those listening, but in general, millennials and Gen Zers, they want proof because they're tired of the, uh, as the, the saying goes, do as I say and not as I do. They yeah. want, they, they are wanting something tangible. They are wanting yeah. something that's real. And we aren't getting that per se in the world that we live in. So they adapt and they react in such a way that they fill in the gaps in this more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm being very cautious because I don't know how deep we can go. Um, but to see how we have allowed things to go, these, these are fillers. These are fillers. This, this grasping of, uh, of a more sinful nature that we see that's being flaunted. These are the fillers because there was nothing there to say that it is wrong because there is a lack of a faith there that there, there is, you know, we've lost because of this, um, the secularization of our, uh, of our culture, we have lost the ability to accept the fact that there is a God and our school systems, they reflect it. And that's why I, I'm sorry. It took me so long to, to get to here. Um, but this is the, the issue for our, our youth that are apostolic going into the public school system or those that are, are just craving and wanting something tangible that it's so hard for them to get converted into the faith because of how secular we have become. Uh, I mean, if we, if we look at this example that I have, you know, we in the secular world they're more in tune with science because science you know science involves math uh, th- that it has some tangibility. Uh, we look at the scientist Stephen Hawking, okay, and Stephen mm-hmm. Hawking on June twenty eighth, two thousand nine, hosted a party. No one attended that party because he didn't send the invitations to that party until the day after the party because he believed that when he sent out the invitations the next day, that time travelers would attend the party the day before. Now, this is a scientist. This is a well-renowned scientist that they have invested so much into, the same guy that wants to disprove and discredit God and the creation. All right. So he had enough faith. He had enough faith in that. But yet, yet we can't as as individuals or as youths, we can't have the ideal of having a faith in a a God. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean 
you know, kind of going with what Daniel, what Daniel mentioned, um, you know, there's times, there's times, especially, especially in youth. I mean, you're going to have it in, in adulthood too, but when, when you're growing up, you're, you have so many questions that are going through your mind and, uh, you know, it it causes confusion. I mean, it, it affects everybody and God, you know, God wants, wants you to ask questions. I mean, he, he's not just gonna, you know, you know, uh, tell you not to, not to even question him. Yeah. Because that's why he gave us individuality. Mm-hmm. Right. He gave us a rational mind for a reason. We're rational right. creatures. I mean, right. The, the Bible even says first Peter three fifteen. but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, right? Like, it's written as well in our Bible to, you know, be able to give that defense. And that ties right into faith, because what, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt, Brother Waddles, because what you're saying was good. Oh, no, good, you're good. You're good. But We're tagging I, along here, brother. I just wanted to interject this, that I feel like a lot of people feel Christianity has to just be an emotional pursuit. And I feel like a lot of times in youth, that's what they focus on. And as youth, you know, and this isn't to say youth leaders are doing anything wrong. You know, I'm not a youth leader, not anything like that. But the issue I see a lot of times is that they focus so much on the let's get X amount of people prayed through the Holy Ghost. Let's be praying for everybody. Let's be talking about the emotions. How do we feel in this service? But are we allowing youth to realize that not only can you have faith to God to fulfill your emotional needs, but when you rationally, empirically, and logically search for God, he's still there. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of the same concept as Job. I mean, Job went through trials. He went through trials. Now we can, we can um, articulate, um, you know, what our feelings of Job was at that time on whether he d- should have done the things that he did or not and the, the discussions with his friends, etc. We can do that uh, till the sun goes down. But the fact of the matter is that even at the end, Job still had faith because yeah. he still tried his best to commu- uh, communicate with God. And he asked those tough questions at the end, like, God, where are you? God, why is this happening? And then yeah. to the point, to the point where God finally gives that answer. And I mean, I, and I, I fundamentally don't believe God was being harsh at all at that point. And where he basically tells Job in uh, chapter 38 and verse four, where were you? Where were you when I made the cosmos? Yeah. Look Look at everything that's around us. Look, look, uh, I mean, just looking at a leaf, look and analyze that leaf and to see the cells of that leaf, the, the details, every little iota. There is so much going on at, in a millisecond that right. our minds cannot grasp, nor could it comprehend that. I I also think real quick, and then I'll, I'll step out for a second, uh, or I'll let Daniel say whatever he wants. Because I'm, I bet Daniel has something to say. But with Job, he to the youth listening and even to the adults listening, Job is a perfect story. I feel of like what goes on in high school. 
Because mm. think about what happened to Job. Job literally was just a stand-up guy, right? Like, stand-up dude. Think about it. He was the stand-up Christian in high school. Everyone knew him. People knew, okay, that's the Christian kid. He's good. He doesn't ever do anything wrong, doesn't cuss, doesn't drink, doesn't go to the parties, et cetera, et cetera. He does everything he needs to do. And then all of a sudden, something horrible happens, right? The That high school Christian, you know, something tragic happens to him. Something tragic happened to Job. And look what his three friends did that showed up. They mourned with him, but then they started trying to figure out what he did wrong. Imagine the faith you have to have in God, not only to have your wife tell you to curse the name of God, but then your three closest friends show up after you lost everything and say like, well, you're the model dude. God must be mad at you for some reason. Like you had to done something wrong. And the fact that Job kept that faith and he said, no, I know what I've done. I know that I've served the Lord faithfully, you know, and I know that God is still good no matter what is happening to me. I think that can apply directly into like even high school, Mm. you know, people look at the Christian and the second something bad happens to the Christian, people will be like, oh, look, The Christian had a tragedy strike. I thought you had a God protecting you. But being able to have that Jobian-like faith of saying, yeah, something bad did happen to me, that doesn't make God any worse than it is. You know, (laughs) because it's really easy just to let those people who are ridiculing you to be like, you guys are right, I don't get what God did to me. But the faith Job had in God, knowing that he could question God, but still had faith that God was good. And that God was still for him, regardless of what the scenario was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, you were talking about, well, I had said something about just because you ask God questions does not mean you are failing. Yeah. And my parents um, kind of realized that in their own discipline, um, whenever we were getting in trouble, they would either tell us the reason right before it happened, or they would be like, do you know? And if we could not say exactly what it was, because either we for, we intentionally forgot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. whenever we couldn't understand or remember or just didn't want to deal with it, they were like, this is why this is happening. Please don't do it again. And you can ask God those questions about why is this happening? The greatest people in the world, as far as Christians, David, he knew what was going on, but he still decided to be repentant, go into mourning, until Bathsheba's first child that he had with him died. Or even, um, who was it, Brother Chris? Who, who, who was it that came and they, like, kidnapped all the Israel, all the military men's, like, wives and kids with King David? Do you know? Does anyone know? Oh, I don't like, remember. Uh, I do not. Are you, are you talking about uh, Mephibosheth? When they wanted to stone him. Oh, okay. No, I, I, so I remember there's the a story, yeah. Yeah, so I don't remember who it was, but essentially the, the story goes as follows. 
uh, a bunch of everyone gets kidnapped. They all come back to the camp and they're they're big mad at David because they're like, listen, you messed up, you know, and David, you know, literally goes into a point of mourning and just trusts God. He has faith in God. And, you know, I mean, he could have very easily argued with his men and said, this isn't my fault. But the faith, again, that David had to to know that his men wanted to kill him, and instead of standing in front of his men and giving a big speech and try to re-get their alliance, he ran right to God in faith, knowing mm-hmm. that God would answer him. Right. And, and another thing with this whole topic here that we're on right now is, like, if you listening right now are going through a time and you're you're wondering, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? That doesn't necessarily mean that you've done anything wrong. Most of the time, you haven't. Yep. Bad things right. happen to good people. It happens. The Life. rain falls on the just and the unjust. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. God God won't stop life, per se, just because you've been serving him well. Life will happen no matter what. Because he, he's orchestrated all the laws of nature as they were intended, and then he left them. Right. He's like, I will be coming back for the bride that's able to go through all this and still be able to serve me. Like, it's not the right. fact that, oh, I'm going to protect those who have been called by my name, who have been able to find my grace and are able to be shielded. No, it's God's looking for those who are able to go through life and still be able to find a reason to praise him. <laughs> Man, you hit the nail on the head right there. Exactly. Oh like, my gosh. Cause like Psalms, if, if Psalms was ever written for a reason, it's to let you know that God's going to be with you through the good, the bad and the ugly. But regardless yeah. of it all, it's, we need to give them the praise. Right. Regardless of the situation, God, God gives gives us one of the most fabulous tools and that is his steadfast love and his mercy right, right. like yeah. uh, even earlier today just just earlier today I, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine um and this good friend of mine just a couple of days ago he lost his grandfather in a fishing accident and he was talking to me about it we we had a nice comfort long conversation about it but he was talking to me and we as we were talking he was like i don't know how people that don't have god go through this because even though i'm going through this difficult time and i don't necessarily know the reason right now why i'm going through this i have the peace of god with me through this storm yeah and he even just as darren was just saying talking about psalms he referenced it back to psalms he goes like i kind of feel like i know what david was going through right now and yeah. with the, you know, mourning, but there's joy at the same time because he was telling me, he's like, I know my grandfather was saved. I know he's with Jesus now. And that helps so much more with this process. And yeah. just mm-hmm. knowing that we have God to go with us through these times that we struggle and we question, like, why am I going through this? That just, that should help you so much more to get through it. Yeah. Well, even um, Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, yeah. what, is, what were they doing while they were in prison? Cause I, and I think this is the thing that like, um, it, it, the guy learned, you know, I learned 
what do you do when you're going through these trials? Well, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Yeah. While they were in prison. And and the verse goes about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. See, chains in this setting is physical but they can also be spiritual chains Mm. as youth we can be going through a spiritual battle as youth we can be going through a physical battle as youth we can be going through persecution it doesn't matter what chains you have but notice what paul and silas did to loosen the chains they didn't sit there and say an elaborate prayer to god like thank you jesus for this scenario we require that you remove these chains no they were praying But let's look at there also, they were singing hymns to God. Yeah. They didn't do anything elaborate. There's not, if it was elaborate, it'd been written out. (laughs) You know, we we see that a lot in the Bible, elaborate Mm -hmm. prayers, purposeful prayers written out for a reason. But we hear they were praying and singing hymns. They were worshiping. Even though they were in the middle of the prison, they were worshiping. They were shackled, but worshiping. And it wasn't until they were praying and worshiping And it says about midnight. Think about that. We don't know how long they'd been praying and worshiping. Mm -hmm. They could have been praying and worshiping for five hours, you know, before those shackles broke. Who knows when they started? But because of their prayer, because of their worship, those things that bound them were loosened. Mm -hmm. And God did it in an awesome way. And I'm pretty sure if this is the right story, this is the one where salvation came onto the jailer's house that night. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. right. So you, you don't know who is hearing your prayer and worship. You don't know who's watching your struggle. That jailer watched the struggle and knew who Paul and Silas were, saw the miracle of God, and then salvation came to his house that night. Don't ever discredit your struggle because the faith you have through that struggle and through that moment of unknowing can very easily bring salvation to somebody who's watching you. In your school, I exactly. I heard a story. Um, if I could share it real quick, yeah. Our one of our old youth presidents of Ohio, brother L.J. Harry, he went to a small school and he always carried his Bible around, and you know people knew him for that, right? And I, I don't know. I I this secondhand story, so he probably puts it more eloquently. But essentially, what ended up happening is there was the prom king and queen, and they got into a car crash and both died. Oh, no. But that next day at school, people were going up to Brother L.J. Harry, and they were saying, hey, pray for me. Can you pray with me? I need you to pray with me. Can you t- tell me about Jesus? The principal called him up and had him do a prayer for the entire school. But mm-hmm. you imagine he probably suffered some type of ridicule. Maybe people looked at him weird. Maybe people were like, oh, look, look, it's, it's L.J. Harry walking around with the Bible again. But mm-hmm. because he had that faith— when tragedy struck, he was able to be that beacon. Because as a youth, he was able to keep the faith. He was then able to minister to almost everybody in that school through a tragedy. So I I would say my main takeaway I, I want the youth to know through this is that no matter what happens, Paul and Silas prayed and sung hymns to God while shackled, and the shackles fell, and then salvation came to someone's house. Just because the world seems against us, Jesus told us that. That's not shocking. The world is against us. But 
by having that faith in God and by persevering like Job, like Paul, like David, like Silas, salvation can come to other people. And you don't know who sees that and says, you know what? I want that God. I don't know who their God is, but I know I want that God. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a song from Brooklyn Tabernacle. I got the lyrics pulled up here. Um, And this song was played. We did it once every month about. And it says, I never lost my hope. Mm -hmm. I never lost my joy. I never lost my faith. But most of all, I never lost my praise. Right. Whenever you're hmm. going through something, it's it's a sign of your faith, your hope, and your joy that you're able to praise in the middle of the storm. That you're able to look back and see, oh yeah, there's a whole lot of junk that I don't want to deal with right now. There's a whole lot of stuff that I don't even want to talk about. But even seeing all that, I'm still going to praise God. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's good. Um, if I may add... Um, which Tom reminded me of something, um, which b- before I state that, I, I, I do uh, want to say that, you know, with no, no matter what the scenario is that whoever is listening is going through, the Bible is just... It, it's just fantastic because, you know, you can always find something new every time you, you read it. Yeah. No matter how many times you read it, there's always something new that pops out. And, you know, coming coming at it, you know, I, I'm a social scientist. Um, so I, I look at it through the human perspective. And if there was ever a book written about humanity and what we go through is the Bible. Yeah. And, and as it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. So if you think you're the only one in the world, well, there's a story in the Bible that tells us about someone else that went through the exact same thing you're going through. Exactly. Um, so, and this, this is what kind of gets me to this point that, uh, Tom reminded me. It reminded me of uh, a segment of Elijah's life, and where he's fleeing um, Jezebel because he is convinced that she is going to kill him. Um, and the the world around him just he has allowed the world to come at him and enclose him in a box. When he serves a God that is much bigger, that would have provided, but he allowed himself to be in that box. And he has a woe is me moment um, where, let, let's just say it's it's that one kid, and I, I'm, I'm being hypothetical. Let's say it's that one apostolic kid in a Los Angeles school district that, you know, the world's against him. But... But Elijah, in that woe is me moment, uh, that I'm the only one, God reminded him, hey, bro, you're not the only one. There's 7,000 others out there that can do the job that I'm wanting you to do. But I asked you to do it. So we, we need to equip ourselves 
especially those youth that are in situations like that. We have to build a good network. I mean, PY, I mean, here, since this is a PY podcast, I mean, this this is a great community right here. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's these situations right there, to have that kid in Los Angeles that's by himself or herself, this is a great networking tool that we have a community that can build you up. This is the 7,000 that is here to build you up right? and to help you in your ministry, wherever you go, that you don't have to be that Elijah put into a box and have that woe is me moment that we're here to back you up because it is a collection of the body that helps you build a stronger walk and a stronger faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Definitely. Even um this the story of e- Elisha and the servant just when they were surrounded by the enemies and Elisha prayed, "Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see." Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I I think we sometimes forget who who is already fighting the battle, right? My my pastor tells a story. He was going to fix a guy's house up doing uh, just renovations, and he went into the dude's basement, and the dude was uh, one of those people who likes to recreate wars. So he would make a top-down model of the war so he'd get, like, the whole battlefield and all mm-hmm. the little soldiers. And my pastor said when he went down there and he looked at the field, he said— God spoke to him in that moment and said, those people on, basically, those people on the field can't see over the hill. But God, looking from the top down, can see everything. And I feel like sometimes, you know, in, in the middle of this, this scenario, we were like, oh, you know, God, like, where are you? You know, like the servant was, like, Elijah, we're, we're completely surrounded, we're done. But if we only remember that God has the top down view, Right. God sees everything going on, and we can't even begin to see what God knows is already happening. You know, I think that's just another thing to bolster the faith. Just always to remember that no matter what is happening, like what Brother Waddles said, you know, those people who might feel isolated, if, if you come across this, you know, put an application and join PY. We're a community. We're here for you. We want to be that we're not your church, but we want to be that community. Maybe, maybe you're in a church with a small youth, you know, we're a youth that you can be with, you know, maybe you're, you're in a church, uh, a church that's not too active, you know, we're, we're a community that you can at least talk to people of the same faith with, but just to remember that God ultimately has ordained a purpose for everything. And that just having that faith, you know, sometimes there's days, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but you know what? God got me through other days, you know, and I feel like that's something you learn as you get older too. You know, when I was 18, when I came into this faith, you know what I mean? It was very easy for me to get discouraged, you know, three years later in the faith still, I, you know, I'm, I still can get discouraged. We all can, and there's no sin in getting discouraged. But what I've learned is that, it's easier as time goes on when you see God uh, come through for you because of your faith. 
That's why testimonies are so important. That's why it's so important as an apostolic, if God does something for you, you speak about your testimony. Words are the strongest thing we have. God spoke everything to an existence. He didn't just mold it with clay. He didn't just grab some dirt and just threw humans together and stuff. I mean, yeah, out of dust and all that, but everything was created through spoken and words. Right. The words right. of our testimony bolster the faith of the saints. So I think that's just a big thing, that when we go through stuff and we have that faith and God delivers us, not to just sit there and internalize that and be like, oh, that's a cool little thing that happened, but be willing to go out and tell people like, you know, you grab your buddy and you'd be like, listen, you know, somebody came to our church with cancer last night and they don't have cancer anymore, you know, mm -hmm. being willing mm -hmm. to say that because you don't know, you might tell your friend that and your friend might be like, well, I know somebody with cancer who needs to be healed. And that's a dialogue. Come to my church. My God is the God of healing, right, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you Maybe never have those conversations. Yeah, but you just never have those conversations if you don't talk to them, you know? And right. and that's part of having faith, just being willing to say your testimony and just being saying, God, I don't know who I'm talking to with this testimony, but I know you're telling me to talk, so I'm going to talk. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking mm. about being discouraged. Um I grew up in this. I got at least four generations behind me who were apostolic. Yet my walk didn't start until I was nine, and it never I never really grasped faith until I was thirteen to fifteen. But even even at that point, I still have days where it's just hard for me to get out of bed because I don't I can't see anything. But at the same time, I know God's got something for me in that day, even if it's just a little bit of insight and a little bit of understanding. Right. And yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you said that. Um, I was just talking to someone today. Um, you know, just because um, you're privileged enough to be born in the church, you may have a good church family behind you. It doesn't mean anything until you, you wake up and smell the coffee one day and build your faith and your relationship with God. Right. Um, because faith, faith is the tool of endearment. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have days that, I mean, to be frank, it, it, you know, there's days that just suck. And it's just really hard to get up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror sometimes. But faith is the, the exact tool that keeps us, that keeps us and lets us get up in the morning and lets us endure another day. No matter how bad the situation may be, it is the tool that allows us to, it's that flotation device in the world's dark waters. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, faith is so powerful that that's why, you know, think about it. Peter walked on water through faith. You know, he said, Lord, if it's you, let me walk on the water. He had faith and walking on that water. But when did he start drowning? It was the second that he took his eyes off the faith in the Lord that he started drowning. Right. The, the big waves didn't cause him to drown. The storm didn't cause him to drown. 
The, the miracle going on in his life didn't cause him to drown. He didn't start drowning until he took his eyes off the faith of the Lord and off of the Lord and took his eyes onto the reality. Faith right. is not looking at the reality of the scenario. Right. It's looking at the possibility of what God can do with it. Yeah. Faith you is know? the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of the things that aren't seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were you were talking about um, it doesn't matter what your heritage is until you start um, actually working with it, moving forward, smell the coffee, whatever. Um, I forget what this verse. I think it was from it was something that the prophet Elijah said. It might have been Elisha. I always get them confused, but um, it was. This was taught in my youth class a while back, but it's been a bit, give me a minute. Um, they they were talking about if I have not done double what my father has, I have failed. You can't just live off of your parents' faith. Right. You have to work yes. on building your own faith. Now, for some people, that is simply just getting in church and you have doubled what your parents have done. Right. And for other people, that is how deep can I get my walk with God? Because I've got a whole bunch of great ministers behind me, Mm -hmm. but how do I build upon what was already put before me? You don't start building that long genealogy without first laying a foundation in the faith. Right. And brother Tom, I'm not sure what your plans are. Appreciate you making the step to build that foundation for whoever comes after you, whether that's a student that you help minister to, or whether that's your own offspring. I don't care, but I want to thank you for working on building that foundation. Thank you. Right. To yeah. God be the glory, right? <laughs> to, to God be the glory for that. But I, I, I do like what you brought up because, especially as somebody who didn't grow up in this faith, right? This was foreign to me. You know, when I came in, I, I was um, baptized Catholic, converted to Greek Orthodoxy, became pagan, and then went to this faith. You know, I think a good way to kind of wrap up at least my comments on this, and this will be kind of my last comment, is that no matter what you've gone through, again, keeping your eye on God. Because when you keep your eye on the Lord and you put your pride aside and you put your presuppositions aside and your assumptions of what's possible, and you stop caring about saying, God, you know, just do what's possible. You say, God, do what's impossible. We said to have faith that can move a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I truly right. believe that if God needed to, if there was a reason, God would physically, literally move a mountain. I don't believe that was just speaking metaphorically. I believe that that physically could happen. Now, that would be up to God's, you know, logic. But in summary of, I would say everything, I want to say that we through our faith can move mountains. So as youth and any youth listening to this, no matter what you're going through, 
like when Peter stepped out onto that ocean. He didn't start drowning until he took his eyes off the faith of the Lord. So to all the youth listening, I would say, keep your eyes on the Lord and keep your faith in him. And no matter what storm happens, you will be walking on water above that storm as long as you're willing to keep your faith and eyes on the Lord. Right, right. right. And I'll wrap that into Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and them that are called according to his purpose. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you have faith in God, if you love God, you you can have this assurance that it is going to eventually work out for something good to God's will for your life or for someone else's life. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. I guess um, I, I understand that we're, 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 we're probably over time, but um you know, I, I would say my last thing is just to remind everybody that, you know, we're just like the Israelites when they're heading to the promised land. You know, we're going to get provided manna that, you know, God's not going to just leave us high and dry. He's not going to do that. He's going to be there with us. He's going to walk with us. Sometimes it's you know, you may not feel his presence, but he's there. He's listening to you. But mm-hmm. just because yesterday you had manna, don't don't hold on to yesterday's manna. Continue deeper because you, you've been blessed with an experience, and that's why you're in the faith that you are. Don't depend on yesterday for the manna today. Because the man of yesterday is going to spoil. Today is something new, and it's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better, and it's going to, oh my goodness, the things that are to come. Mm -mm -mm. Right, right. Goodness had it better. Does anyone else have a couple last words here? I, I would just say I hope you guys enjoyed. Everyone who watched, thank you. You know this. This is the first episode of many, and. I think I speak from all of us here and the other uh, staff on the podcast team. I want to thank everyone who helped make this first episode happen, but also we're all super excited to keep making these episodes for you guys mm-hmm. and just to, you know, bolster your guys's faith and just in general, talk to you guys. And, you know, as the community gets bigger, we'll answer your questions if you have any. I mean, we're just really excited to do this and I'm super grateful to be part of this team and I just want to thank the entire team that's helped put this together. This has been an awesome experience so far, and I only see it getting better from here. It has been a very strong start, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next. Well, it's a good transition. Take it away, Chris. Well, I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us today. If you would like to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at Pentecostal Youth, Facebook and Twitter at PY Discord. Uh, No spaces there. If you'd like to join the server, if you haven't already, you can do that at www.pentecostalyouth.chat. And if you have any suggestions on how we can improve this podcast you can do that on the Discord server in the suggestions channel. Just make sure that you make it known that it's about the podcast. Until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.